choices, new players, new models of care. You know Consumer First Healthcare is everywhere. For us to build the future, to see what's new, we gotta look at the world from a different point of view. Consumer innovation ain't going away. I say it's here to stay. Today it leads the way. We gotta drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer First Health is the evolution. Status quo or like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rep. Yo, come on, let's go. Welcome back to the leading podcast about consumer innovation. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of Shift Forward Health, and here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about Amazon's new health condition programs. How does their partnership with Omada Health help everyday people connect with chronic health benefits that they may already have? And how can we all get better at integrating digital health solutions into consumers' health journeys? I'll talk about that. Then we welcome Christine Albert, Chief Experience Officer at LCMC Health. Christine shares how to connect the dots between brand, culture, and experience to create a differentiated people experience. Then she shares how their team is operationalizing their employee value proposition. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Amazon's newest healthcare announcement hopes to have long-lasting impacts. On January 8th, the retail giant introduced new health condition programs that they believe make it easier for customers to discover and enroll in the digital health benefits available through their employer or insurance plans. They explained that digital health benefits offered by insurance plans and employers can help improve health and reduce medical costs, but awareness and enrollment in these programs are low. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, employees leave nearly 30% of their total compensation on the table through unused benefits. And nearly a quarter of U.S. adults report they're unaware of all the benefits available through their health plan. I'd even venture to say the numbers are higher than that. According to their press materials, Amazon's new health condition programs make it easier to discover digital health benefits to help manage chronic conditions like prediabetes, diabetes, and high blood pressure. Amazon partners with digital health companies to make it easy to check your coverage, apply for programs, and get started with managing your condition. Aaron Martin, their well-known vice president of healthcare, said, when customers are shopping for health-related products on Amazon, on, we can service these additional healthcare benefits to them to provide even more support in improving their health at no additional cost. The first announced partner is Omada Health with their cardiometabolic programs that currently represent over 20 million eligible members and have shown some pretty significant outcomes over the last 12 years. What are the aspects of consumer innovation here? Quite simply, it's the fact that this comes from Amazon. I'm on the record stating that digital health adoption increases when it comes from brands that patients and clinicians trust. And that's one reason why retailers are miles ahead when it comes to understanding the needs and expectations of everyday people. That's their consumer-obsessed DNA shining through. Here's why I like this announcement. You know I'm a fan of partnerships, so of course I like that Amazon is working with Omada Health to make this happen. I also like that they're not reinventing the wheel. They're connecting consumers with benefits that already exist. How many times do we hear complaints about low utilization of digital health? This seems like a step in the right direction. Here's what I'll keep an eye on. I'll be interested to see what additional conditions are added to the menu over the coming weeks and months and what other partners they'll bring to the table. I've credited them in the past for Amazon Clinic having a limited menu because I believe comprehensive lists of services can be overwhelming. Regardless of how splashy this announcement is compared to previous headlines, it's hard to deny that Amazon is setting the course for others to follow, all based on directions from the everyday people that they serve. Let's look for more ways that we can partner with and integrate digital health solutions into consumers' health journeys so that they can connect with more of these awesome tools to help them live healthier lives. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the Flava of the Week. 
flow, the flow, the flow. All right, everyone, let's get into the flow. Please give it up for Christine Albert. She's the Chief Experience Officer at LCMC Health. Christine, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap. Thanks, excited to be here. We're catching you right at the very end of the Thanksgiving holiday. We're back to reality here. What's this first day like back for you? Many people, it's maybe a little controlled chaos. Uh, back at work, a big ambitions for a Monday that the reality check was like, oh, return to reality and everyone else as well. So just refreshed and ready to, to finish this year strong, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, I think I can relate to uh, <laughs> some of the the enjoyment. And then, yeah, now we're back, very much back to uh, what's going on here. But what else did I miss in your background? What would you like our listeners to know about you and, and help them to get to know you a little bit better? Sure. Well, my, as you shared, my title is, is Chief Experience Officer. And usually people go, what is that exactly? What does that mean? And under that title, responsible for marketing, communications, well-being, recruitment, human resources and operations, and our talent learning and development. So kind of a broad brush of many different things under this. But the uniting factor of this is we're trying to create a extraordinary differentiated experience for people writ large. So that can be consumers. It can also be our employees and by extension, our patients and community. And so that's the vision for the team that I lead and kind of our purpose for being is how do we every single day make positive incremental steps towards creating that extraordinary experience. But my background, all that to say is my home base is brand strategy and marketing. So that's really where I came up from and successfully led a rebranding initiative of our system, moving from really independent hospitals in a market to having a really united and colorful, we're in New Orleans, fun brand that really did deliver to the bottom line in terms of business results. And so that brand work got me into the people side of things and really that internal brand as well. So I'm thrilled to be sitting in this seat, but that's kind of how the dots connected on where I started and where I'm sitting today. I'm sure there are things that have guided and kind of led to where you are now. Like you mentioned, maybe it's it's the people side of things. Are there pieces of career advice that you've received along the way or just things that happened that have led you to where you are now or maybe stuck with you along the way? A couple of things. One piece of advice that I received from a mentor and also another colleague as well is to ask good questions. And that sounds deceptively easy, but it's really hard to do. And so that's something that I'm continuing to work on every single day. So wherever you show up with others, even in this interview, at meetings with people you work with, for, in the community, is how do you ask questions that are not yes or no, that really help you deepen that connection and understanding and come together and especially try to do that with colleagues as we're so cross-functional that you really have to have that shared understanding and just trying to practice that every day in different ways. That's been an overarching kind of ask good questions and seek to understand mentality. And that's been guiding me. And it's probably that curiosity that got me here today a little bit as well. So starting, we talked about that brand work, kind of creating a purpose, the why and healthcare, people are here for the why, but oftentimes the why sounds kind of generic when you look at healthcare systems or hospitals where it's, you know, to provide compassionate, high quality care, kind of lots of multisyllabic words that kind of sound the same, look the same, deliver the same service, essentially healthcare services. And so um, what I really enjoyed is kind of like, well, we're all doing the same things, but we really, we're here for a reason. And I'm not sure that that's coming across in a really meaningful and vibrant way. So doing that brand work for our system led me to deep dive into that probably for about three or four years to get to that day of launch. And then through that process, that iterative process of kind of curiosity, seeking to understand, led me to the people side, which is if we're doing this in such a focused and specific way for consumers, how do we also bring this to life for the lived experience for everyone who's working in our healthcare system? It's an essential component of this conversation. And I'm, I imagine day to day that those are some of the conversations you're having. Could you tell us a little bit more about your responsibilities and, and where your role fits in within your organization? Uh, within the organization at LCMC Health, we're a 
nine hospital dual academic system and growing really quickly. We have maybe gone through a merger acquisition probably every other year for wow. the last 10 years. And so we kind of joke we're a little bit like a startup mentality, which is really exciting. But the other part of that is we have to really build from the ground up and create something new. So a lot of my job is creating the structures and that vision and then building on that year over year for people, whether it's consumers, patients, our employees to grow, thrive, and hopefully choose to be a part of our system. And so what I do on a day-to-day basis right now, one of the most exciting things we're doing is really working on that internal brand. Like I mentioned, we have a really strong external or community consumer-facing brand, uh, but we hadn't really done that internal work. And as we continue to grow, it's becoming more and more important as the thing that unites us and creates kind of a clear connection to our purpose as an organization. And really it's our commitment. So it's that employee value proposition for all of our brand nerds out there that we're really doing that internal brand work and that's touching everything operational. And so it feels like something that feels, uh, as another colleague said, kind of feels a little strategy, feels a little soft, like what does this mean? And so we're taking those employee value proposition or as we're rolling it out, we're calling it our commitments and we're starting top down and then going bottom up as well, which is we need to train and equip our leaders and start with them of here's what it means to work at LCMC Health. Here's who we are. Here's what we stand for. Here's the culture. And again, a deep dive, having that be something that's experiential, that's fun, that's memorable, but that's meaningful. And it sets those expectations and allows them to then cascade that to their employees. So we're doing that through some interactive trainings, but then next year, we just rolled out Workday. So we have uh, that as our ERP. Now all of our employees, as well as our leaders, uh, their performance, your progression, your pay, all of that is going to be tied to, are you actually living those commitments? And so now it starts to be more real when you're talking about this is how we pay, progress, promote. Are you bringing this to life every single day in a way that we can understand that's concrete? So that's just one way, for example, that we're we're bringing that to life, but really looking to that to be our our differentiator or to help us stand out as an organization and uh, taking that distinctive brand and bringing it to our people. I love that. Well, you mentioned several organizations, right? So several teams. You mentioned operations, HR, recruitment, organizational development, I suppose, marketing, brand. That's a lot of different stakeholders, I guess, involved in the mission that you just described. What types of projects or initiatives might you be working on at any given time? So many. I know I'm like, now I'm clicking through the mental roller as you said, that it is a really exciting group to be leading because they can really lead and build and influence what this lived experience is for our employees and also for consumers. And that's really what we're all about is not only what we say or how we project ourselves, whether that's your brand, internal or external, but it kind of doesn't matter if that isn't your experience as a person. So it's one thing to say it. Now we're really into the saying and the doing of the thing. So for the teams that I lead, a lot of our work is kind of coming together in one major project, which is uh, welcoming in three hospitals from a new academic partner. Tulane University, we have three hospitals that are joining our system. And so it's kind of the perfect moment. We have been piloting and building things like a new onboarding experience that's a little more invigorating. Again, kind of wrapping some of the, you know, the drudgery you have to do of signing up for benefits, all of those things, wrapping it with that employee value proposition, making it kind of a reason to celebrate and to be memorable in a positive way, kind of a first day of college feel versus a 10 hours of PowerPoint orientation kind of feel. So reimagining all of those things as we onboard about 2,400 employees, it gives us a chance to pilot all this stuff. So we re-envisioned how we 
talk about our benefits to make it easier for people to understand because benefits are one of the most important things that you have as an organization, but it's also kind of confusing and it's hard to kind of to know and you always feel like, okay, I've got two weeks to make this choice. So adding a human element to that, adding that human element to the onboarding process and that celebratory moment, and then using technology. And so really bringing that marketing mindset to this work as well, which is thinking about trigger-based campaigns, even email communications. How do we look at our segments just like we look at our consumer segments and how do we use our tech stack internally so that you've got that warm touch of the uniquely human, and then you've got these triggered messages coming to you along the way, again, that deliver our brand message and experience, but in a way that's scalable. So we've had a lot of fun playing with that and learning from that. And so that'll be kind of our sort of our test kitchen. We're testing all the recipes there for how to build a better welcoming, and then we'll be scaling that across the organization. So that's been a really fun project that has, has been most of this year, and now we're kind of seeing rubber hit the road as we welcome those new employees. I can only imagine the scale and, and breadth that's required to, to keep that going. Let's focus on the consumer side here because a lot of the wording I keep hearing is bringing the human side here. So I'd love to hear how that works when we talk about consumer-centered innovation. There's other terms for it. I've, I've started landing on this term just consumer innovation though. So things that are happening that are particularly addressing consumers' needs and expectations. And yes, I do use the word, you know, consumer very deliberately just to recognize that a patient isn't always a patient. And so they're often making decisions not at a time that they expect, like you mentioned. But it's also within the context of their lives. Typically, you know, if, if you're fortunate enough to not be thinking about healthcare decisions every single day, some of us have to. But then sometimes it is just something that you have to make a quick decision on. And so, yes, it's it's the fact that there's this context of our lives and that there are offerings being provided out there by retail companies, you know, digital health companies. So there are other ways of receiving care. That's the reason we know why we use you know this deliberate wording. But what is that term, consumer-centered innovation? What does that even mean to you? And what does that look like? You know, I love how you set that up because it means something different, I think, to everyone. But we can all kind of unite around that rallying cry of everyone at some point is a consumer and you're going to need a healthcare service. And hopefully it is a moment of choice or you have had the opportunity to find the resource to educate yourself to, to know what you're in for. And sometimes it's not. And so when I think about that kind of consumer piece of it, for us, it's how do we find ways to meet people where they are and how do we leverage technology, honestly, to do that well and to scale that in a way that is distinctive, but then starts to meet people where they are and to try and fulfill those expectations. And it is a big pitch to swing at. I think healthcare in general, and can only speak it from it sitting in our healthcare system, it is, it is really difficult to make, you know, multi-step challenging decisions or referrals, whatever you need as a patient to make that easy. And so what we're doing is looking at ways that we can influence or can lead, acknowledging that there are some parts of that patient process or journey that outside of the marketing or the, you know, the Marcom team or others. So one way we're looking at, I mentioned kind of adding some delight in unexpected ways is to kind of think through that patient's eyes. Oftentimes after you work in an organization for a while, you're kind of used to it. Things become wallpaper. But when you are the patient in need of care, everything looks totally different then. And so we've done a lot on our website, for example, of navigating through that, doing a lot of research and focus groups to understand what do people actually care about? What are they looking for? And it turns out we're putting a lot of service line information out there and their, their needs are really functional. They want to understand how can I make an appointment? Where is parking? How much does the service cost? And we were just not delivering on those things. And part of the reason was is 
we needed to find out, we needed to ask. And then the other part is some things are really hard, like price transparency to deliver on. Other things are a little bit easier. So one example of something that's easier, but drove a lot of business results to the bottom line is rethinking how we approach our physician profiles. Everybody has a physician profile on your webpage if you're a hospital system or a provider. And so it has, you know, Dr. Albert, where Dr. Albert went to school, headshot, probably in a white coat, and just some CV things. And so we looked at that and thought, that's fine, but I kind of expect Dr. Albert to have a medical degree. And so that's kind of like table stakes for me. How else can I make a decision that might be really important to me other than looking at the stale information? So we looked at that through the lens of, okay, it's a brand opportunity. So now all of our patient profiles, we're in the process of converting hundreds of them, but looking at them to say, okay, Dr. Albert, we're going to assume that people know that you went to school. You've done all these great things. We're still going to have it there, but playing up the human side. And so all of our physician profiles have a photo, the little something extra, which is kind of our brand brought to life. And then it's just about what that person likes to do as a person. So we have a pediatrician who is a juggler and loves to juggle. There are people with all kinds of wild hobbies that you would never otherwise know about. So again, it goes back to that asking good questions and being curious. And so our physician profiles focus on the human side and often the playful side and the fun side. So you might click a short video or you know read about that person and walk away feeling like, okay, I know they're qualified, but now I feel like I know them. And I'm ready to take that next step. So keeping that kind of personal piece there. And we've also seen for the providers who have done that versus kind of the traditional provider bio, just organically, we're probably seeing about 20 to 30% more clicks. And for those with online scheduling, a lot of conversion. So what is brand also becomes business to the bottom line. Ah, love connecting those dots. Again, you know, taking that one example of, of one thing that you can reimagine. I, I think you're so right. There are some things that are more difficult. There are some things that are more available to do with, with the resources you have and the responsibilities there. What resources do you think are needed in general to operationalize more of this thinking? I mean, that was a great example of innovating on behalf of the person who's actually engaging with something like a provider profile. What resources in general are needed to be successful here? I think a really well-integrated tech stack. And that is hard to do also. So it's hard to make all those things look easy. So you might be managing listings management for 50,000 locations, insert the thing. But really thinking first, kind of digital first and thinking about that for the consumer side, I think is essential. And having all those digital pieces play well together. And so when you are a digital leader or a comms or a marketing leader, you may have 10, 20, you know, other pieces sitting in your tech stack that you have to make those connections. And when it works, it works well and it's beautiful. But making it work is oftentimes the work itself. So really thinking about the resources, having, being thoughtful about what you're committing to and what's most important and then building kind of your thinking around that. But that digital first mentality, I think is essential. And especially kind of the brave unknown of um, AI, kind of where are we going from here? So how do we think about incorporating that into that digital or overall experience? And it's not replacing people, but there are probably lots of creative ways to start deploying that more effectively and helping people navigate what they need in healthcare. Love that. It's a spectrum or a journey also when we're talking about how capable and able organizations are to innovate in the way you just described on behalf of consumers. Some are probably just getting started. I imagine some organizations are just looking to start setting up a consumer function or consumer innovation function somewhere. Any thoughts on where they can start? Great question. And yeah, it feels 
it feels big when you just say it that broadly. And so I'm always looking for that sweet spot of what can we do and do well and deliver? What is feasible and more of a short term in addition to long term? And then what do we have most of the resources now to get off the ground? So kind of that, that little bit of reality check of like, where is the Venn diagram of, of those things overlapping? And then of course, what connects to the priorities for the organization? And so on that consumer side, there is so much really on that kind of healthy consumer side of things that really connecting with people as you talked about before they even need you just to know who you are, what you do, availability. So when that time of need comes, you're top of mind, uh, really thinking like top of funnel of how do we connect with people today? And that again, gets to the having an experience for them, whether it's something like a mammogram, that's just an annual appointment that you have to do, but having that be exceptional, stress-free, quick, kind of deli- again, delighting in that service element and looking for those points where you touch the greatest number of people. So hospitals and healthcare systems tend to look at inpatient census as we should. That's where most of the revenue comes from. But then when you look at your outpatient touch points, that's just the highest number of people. So in our organization, our team really looks at that as our greatest area of opportunity because we're not, we had not previously been focused on that consumer more on the clinic side have been very inpatient driven. So nobody was really taking a look at that. So it's kind of like a little bit of green space to play. And that's millions of people or millions of encounters every single year that you can touch when you think about lives, touch and impact. So we're focused on that, the broader brushes, but that's where our, our website strategy, things like online scheduling, again, those provider profiles, how do we add some elements of brand and fun and play into that? But we know it's touching a tremendous number of people and ultimately funnels back to that inpatient side as well. Again, being able to make the connection between each of these pieces is so, so vital because I, I feel like a lot of the conversations that happen along anything around consumers' needs, there's validity to all sides of it. There's validity to the clinical side of let's focus on the inpatient experience of what's happening there. And there's also better understanding now of why it's just as vital to focus on those outpatient encounters and be able to make a, a, an impact of some kind. You know, what a world it would be if we're thinking about how do we delight, you know, a patient, you know, or a, a consumer even more often throughout that process. And I, I think it's so vital. And I recognize at the same time that designing in this way isn't necessarily natural to a lot of the way that the at least the business of healthcare has gone and all the other considerations that that have to happen there. But I'd love to see us make some progress as an industry. And I do think we're making progress here. I think even having a chief experience officer is making progress in this area. I'd love to see us, you know, even accelerate that as an industry and see more organizations having the conversations and then developing the skills and competencies that are needed to design on behalf of some of those consumer needs we talked about. What, what do you think? How do, we, how do we make some progress there? Can we build up? We refer to them as consumer muscles. Are there ways that you've seen that we can do that work in the day-to-day, build up those muscles and increase those skills at all? Absolutely. And thinking about kind of my lived experience here with, with our team as well, I feel like marketers and marketing and comm professionals are really in the sweet spot because they're a group of individuals who are extremely good at ingesting quantitative information. So you think, you know, how specialized marketing is, especially on the digital side, CRM, social, um, and translating that for a more general audience. So kind of more qualitatively speaking. And so it's just that kind of that mindset that I think for individuals in those roles, this is kind of a nice moment to be living in, especially when it comes to the consumer-based things, because not many people are able to kind of translate or speak those kinds of languages in an organization. So looking at that sweet spot as there are people who can sit at that table and can talk about revenue and volume and can dig into the data and the numbers and the research and distill it into actions and then measure it. And so not that uniquely marketing professionals can do that, but I do find that that 
kind of mentality and that ability to distill the complex into a best next step is a great place to be. And some of that requires having your marketing team or having folks with that skill set kind of raise your hand, be at the table and insert yourself a little bit more into operations or look at the problems to solve. And uh, we've got the tools in the toolkit to solve them. So it's, it's a little bit of a, sometimes you're asked and sometimes you raise your hand. And so thinking about crisis as an opportunity right now, especially when it comes to organizations that are really struggling financially, I think throughout healthcare with labor shortages and inflation, kind of all of those things, it's a hard place to thrive right now. But there are ways that you can apply some of that different kind of human-centered thinking or that consumer thinking um, to drive better results. I want to double down on this then because it sounds like you, know, you just mentioned you kind of made the case for marketing being able to play a leading role here in, in consumer innovation in bringing the human side to everything that happens. Have you seen other ways that that's happened or, or just, you know, what makes you believe that marketing can play a leading role? Because that's definitely where I'm coming from as well. And, and I love it when we feel like that's actually possible. Not only is it possible, it's really happening. But I think it's also a little bit about shot selection. So deciding what's the best shot or the best pitch to swing at. Um, I'll share one example from our organization over the last probably 18 months. But we've taken that kind of consumer orientation. So we have an insights team that is our email marketing, CRM marketing automation team. So really great data and insights folks. And so they were really focused on the consumer side and really doing a great job at delivering business results from that side. And then thought we could use that same kind of thinking on the people side of our business because like many organizations, we were really struggling to hire, to hire well and to replace a lot of agency, nursing and other clinical roles. It was really a huge impact financially to the organization. And that was like the burning priority. So we took that insights team and we deployed them to to take a look at, okay, how do people apply? How do we find people? How do we nurture them? How do we build a talent community of passive candidates? We didn't really have any of those things and we didn't have them activated well. And so we took that marketing team, we deployed them in that sense. They came back and audited, what does the candidate experience look like? The answer was not awesome. Took a long time, a lot of clicks. It was kind of annoying and repetitive. What was the website like? It was hard to navigate that that experience, you know, kind of they went through the whole thing. And so we came out on the other side with a revamped digital experience. We went from an upwards of 35 minutes to about seven minutes. We went to um, marketing automation. So again, deploying that. So every step along the way where it was just silence previously after you submitted that resume and that application. Now we have nurturing campaigns at every step of the way. We have a talent community where we're automatically sending jobs and email updates to passive candidates. That's yielded about a million dollars worth of fill to agency specific roles so far. So we're deploying that team and they're solving that problem and helping us get better and faster at hiring the right people. And that fulfills our mission. And it also helps the bottom line. So it's really, it's been pretty incredible to see that. Yeah, that's a great example. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think the more we, we hear tactical examples like that, we, we can believe that it's possible. One of the possible it's happening, it just took a different set of eyes to look at something and be like, ooh, yikes, you know, we're doing a much better job on the consumer side. Why aren't we treating candidates like consumers? Because they are. We want them to come join our organization. So we need to think about them that way. One of these days where we end up just thinking of it as people-centered versus consumer-centered or clinician-centered, you know, I, I do believe that's that's the direction where we'll, we'll head and we'll get there eventually. And, and th- this is a step along the way to focus on the consumer side of things to understand what those needs are. Because ultimately, if it's a matter of time, you mentioned, you know, saving time for the candidate, but also all the headache for, for those processing the applications and so forth. That's what we all want and need right now. 
And we don't have to make that part of it more complicated. We can we can bank on the fact that you're saving people time. There's some value there. Now let's get to see what that looks like and, and so forth. But yeah, so as we do this, as, as we go along this, I also love to ask where we hope all of this gets us. It's so much work. There's so much that we have to figure out and there's a lot of operations happening here. So as we do innovate more on behalf of consumers, as we do focus more on those skills and we're able to do this better, where do we hope that gets us as an industry, but also as a society? What a big question is, you know, I'd say as an organization, but also a society is that we're in healthcare for a reason is we want people to be healthy. We want them to be well. And in those circumstances where they're not, we want to be there to fulfill any service that they need during that time. So I think all of this is in service to making care accessible, equitable, and available to everyone. And there are lots of ways to do that. And thinking about people as consumers is one way to do that. But really, you just want to be there and have that accessibility and equity lens on things. So from my perspective, that's where we would, we would be living in a my city and my system and our society in a place that values creating this culture of wellness and helping other people live it. Ah, I love that. And one reason I ask is that the more we have that vision in mind, the more we can just you know, talk about how to get there. You know, that's really what it boils down to. I love that, that thought of if we can have a culture that is more more focused on our own health and wellness as well as that of others around us. You talked to you about that shift in nomenclature, how you talk about things. So even moving from health to wellness or well-being, like I like even making shifts like that because it kind of changes how you view the conversation. Your lens is set a little differently when you're talking about health or healthcare. Usually it's like, mm, right. mm, this is not something I'm excited about for the most part. I don't really want to do this, but I know I have to. But when you're talking about wellness and well-being, you're like, yes, I'm opting in. That's something I'm interested in. So again, just thinking in small ways, even how you talk about things, those words matter. That helps us see that we're not there yet, but let's let's keep moving that direction and, and we'll be able to look back on the long term and see the progress that's being made and the recognition of wellness is the the need. That's the thing we want. Healthcare is the thing that gets us there at times, maybe not every day, but but every now and then that's the thing that we need. We need the healthcare to get us to being well. So I love that everywhere this conversation has gone. I just want to give you a final word here. Anything we haven't discussed yet? Anything else you want to make sure our listeners uh, hear today? Well, I think my closing thought would be what you shared previously, which is there is nothing too small. Everything is significant. And it builds. So just thinking about connecting the dots, you know, for my team, it's between brand and culture. How is that lived internally? And then that drives experience for our people, our patients, our community. So anything that anchors to that continues to build, continues to snowball, and it will lead, it will lead to big change. So it may start as, as small and as fun as physician profiles, but that alone is making a difference in people's lives. So don't be afraid to try something and just go for it. Iterate and enjoy the process. Well, with that, that's what a perfect place for us to wrap up today. That's a wrap for this episode. I've had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Christine Albert from LCMC Health. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again. Thank you.